Good to see all of you this morning. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to Luke chapter 19. And as you are turning, let me just say, I was going to embarrass Caitlin this morning, which I like to do from time to time, but I forgot to ask her if I could, and so I'm not going to. But uh, Wednesday night on the way home, there was a beautiful young lady sitting in the back seat, very inquisitive mind, and uh, she asked, Papa? Now, I still haven't mentioned her name. (laughs) She said, Papa, I've been thinking. And that was a surprise to me that she just... (laughs) She says, I've been thinking. If God is all-knowing and he's all-powerful, that he knew when he created Lucifer that he was going to rebel. He knew that when he created Adam and Eve, they were going to sin and cause the fall of mankind. Why did he even mess with that stuff? Why did he even mess with us? And... uh, I could tell she's been given a lot of thank. This young lady uh, was given a lot of thought to this. And so I've been thinking about it. And I want to answer that question by asking a question. Is love really love if you don't have the ability not to love? Do, is it that we love God if we have no other choice but to love God? I think God wanted a people. I, I think he wanted a creation that chooses to love him. Not made to love him. Not uh, forced to love him. But I think... God wanted a creation that chooses to love him. And that's the reason when he created the angels, when he created Adam and Eve, when he created all of mankind, he gave us a free will. He gave us the opportunity to whether love him or reject him. He knew, he already knew. That doesn't mean, some people ask, well, if... if uh, if he knew that the devil was going to be evil and he created the devil, did that mean that God created evil? Well, no, I don't think he did. I think, I think it was good when God created Lucifer. I think he was a good angel. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he was one of the best angels. He was the most beautiful of all creation. He was a good angel. But God gave Lucifer, just like he's given each and every one of us, a free will. He gives us the right to choose whether or not we're going to be faithful to him, whether or not we're going to love him, whether or not we're going to believe in him. So I want you to understand this morning that where you are, in your relationship with God is your choice. Amen? Because he's given us that ability 
to choose. And so I want to bring that to Christmas. And we all know, amen, I think we do, that Jesus is the reason for the season, amen? You've heard that many, many times, right? Jesus is the reason for the season. But this morning, I want to look at the reason for the reason. I want to look at the purpose, God's purpose in sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to be born of a virgin in the little town of Bethlehem so long ago. To get to that purpose, the reason for Christmas, you need to fast forward several years into the future and see Jesus as a grown man. And uh, he's at the house of a man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. As a matter of fact, he was the chief uh, tax collector for the city of Jericho and that region. We find him in this verse, in chapter 19 and verse 10, we find Jesus speaking to Zacchaeus and he explains the purpose of Christmas in one statement. He says, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In that one statement, he explains why Jesus came. The reason for Christmas, the purpose of God in bringing about this is stated in that one little statement. Folks, listen to me. Jesus didn't come to stay a baby. He came to grow up, to live a sinful life, to die on a cruel cross, to be laid in a tomb, and to come back from that tomb, to overcome death, to defeat the devil, and to give a cure for all sin. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. If you miss that about Christmas, we might as well take all the lights down and take the pretty poinsettias away. And we might as well quit giving Christmas gifts. I ought to quit preaching on Christmas. As a matter of fact, I ought to quit preaching altogether. Why is it that all of the world makes such a big deal every year for the whole month of December? Now it goes all the way back to Halloween. The day after Halloween, people start talking and start decorating for Christmas. Why is it that the world seems to be oh so obsessed with this idea of Christmas? Let me tell you why. It's because of what Jesus said in Zacchaeus' house so long ago. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, when I ask myself that question, I think of two things. What do I lose when I'm lost? 
And what do I gain when I'm saved or found? What do I lose when I'm lost? And what do I gain when I'm found? Well, thankfully, Jesus tells us the answer to that question. In Luke chapter 15, we're not going to turn to it because uh, most of you are very familiar with these famous little short stories or parables that Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 15. You remember the first one was about a shepherd who had a hundred sheep. When he brought them into the fold and counted them that night, only 99 was there. One had been lost and he left the 99 to go find the one. He finally found it. He brought it home and he was so happy that he threw a party to celebrate. The second one was that of a lost coin. The lady, she is a very poor lady. All that she had in the world were ten coins. She lost one of those coins. And she searched and she searched. She turned her house upside down looking for that coin. Finally, she found the coin. She was so happy that she called in her neighbors. And they had a party to celebrate. The last one was the story of the prodigal son. You're so familiar with that. He decided that he was uh, not uh, liking the way things were going at home. So he went to his dad and he said, can you give me my inheritance now and I'll leave. And he went into a far country. And when he got to the far country, then things didn't go well. Found himself in a hog pen feeding the pigs. And you have to know that for a Jewish boy in that day, that was a terrible thing to have to do. And he even ate of the food or the slop that he fed the pigs with. But there's something that came to him. He came to himself, the Bible says, and he realized that he had it better off at home than he did there in the pig pen. So he went home and his dad from, saw him coming from afar off and ran and threw his arms around him and uh, ordered the servants to kill the fatted calf, bring a robe and put it on his uh, shoulders, put shoes on his feet, and they had a big party. So we find here that there is a common denominator. There's something about each of those stories that is the same, and that is this. Something valuable was lost and then found, and it all ends with a party. They all have a party. So I guess I could have titled this message this morning, There's Going to Be a Party. And uh, there will be. There's going to be one tonight. I hope you'll come to our house and, and we'll have a party as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because Christmas is really just one giant party to celebrate how much God loves us and how much He wants to reconnect with us no matter what we've done or failed to do. And what I want to do this morning is to underscore what the true purpose of Christmas is all about. And uh, I have two major points to my message. There will be some sub-points under each of those. But two major points. And the first one is, what do I lose when I'm lost? What does it mean to be lost? What does it mean to be lost? Well, it means that we lose several things. The first thing we lose is we lose direction in our lives. If we don't have Jesus in our lives, we lose direction for living. <clears throat> That's what the story of the lost sheep is all about. 
Now you understand, you probably know better than I do, that sheep are just incredibly stupid animals. And they don't have a, a, a good sense of direction. They tell me, I don't know if it's true or not, I guess it is, I've heard it said all my life, that you can drop a dog off a uh, hundred miles from your home and somehow he'd find his way back to the, to the house or a cat or something along that line. I don't know. There's been movies made about it. I don't know if it's true or not. But a sheep wouldn't do that. A sheep, or, they would never find their way home. This sheep was lost and, uh, and somebody had to go find him. Uh, sheep just, uh, you know, they're like us. They're wanderers. And you know what the Bible teaches? The Bible teaches so we're just like sheep. The Bible says that all we like sheep have gone astray and every man has turned to his own way. The Bible teaches that we are just like sheep. And uh, I can remember I can remember one time, and I think I've told you this story before, but I'll tell you again, and I'll probably tell you again in the future. But uh, it was several years ago when my daughter Beth was uh, about three years old. Sure, I've told you this story. We were at Sears at Lake Square Mall in uh, Leesburg, Florida. And I was supposed to be, it was right before Christmas. It wasn't too long before Christmas. And it was on a Monday night and we were doing some Christmas shopping. And I was going to say Sears Roebuck, but a lot of you don't know what Sears Roebuck is. But it's just Sears now. But we were at Sears and they had a huge wall of nothing but televisions. There's all kinds of televisions going, and they were all turned on. And most of them was turned on, it was a Monday night, was turned on to a football game, Monday night football. And the Miami Dolphins were playing. Now, see, I'm a Florida boy, and I grew up a Dolphins fan until Emmett Smith got drafted to the, to the Dallas Cowboys, and then I became a Cowboy fan. But I was a Miami Dolphin fan, so I was standing there watching those TV. And, I, and Beth was beside me, and I was supposed to be uh, taking care of her. And I was watching this cowboy, uh, cowboy game, listen to me, this Miami Dolphins game. And all of a sudden, I turned around and looked, and Beth was gone. She was nowhere to be found. I panicked. I was running all around looking for Beth, and uh, she's a little... She was about that tall, blonde hair. And you know how those stores open up into the mall? Well, that was right by where the TVs were. It opened right up into the mall. And when I looked out into the mall, I was scared to death. I thought I'd lost her. I saw a little blonde hair bobbing through the crowd. It was Christmas time. Everybody was there. It was so crowded. I didn't know what to do. I had to catch her. I yelled out, Beth! About six ladies turned around and looked at me when I did that. <laughs> but I finally found her. Now listen, she wasn't trying to be mean. She wasn't trying to be disobedient. She was just doing what little three-year-old girls do. Amen? And you know what? Those sheep, that sheep that got lost, he didn't want to get lost. He didn't do that on purpose. He was just doing what sheep do. Folks, listen to me. Listen to me. You don't have to try to be lost. You don't have to choose to be lost. 
You have to choose to be saved. Jesus came. That's why. You want to know what the purpose of Christmas is? The reason Jesus became a little baby was so that he could come. Not to stay a little baby, but that he could grow up and live a sinless life and pay the penalty for your sin and for my sin on Calvary's cross. That's the reason. That's the purpose for Christmas. If you want to know why God allowed that to happen, is because he knew that mankind was going to choose to uh, uh, not receive him and to be lost. And he wanted them saved. And so Jesus came to seek. and We lose our direction, but not only do we lose our direction, but we also lose our protection. Not only are sheep stupid, but they are very... Uh, vulnerable they don't fight very well I mean they're no match for a wolf or for a lion or for a bear he wanted to protect us folks listen to me I don't care who you are I don't care how strong you think you are you are no match for the devil you are absolutely no match for the devil And he will come against you. He will come against your family. That is his purpose, to turn you and to destroy your life and your influence and uh, your ability to be a happy and a uh, productive individual. Satan will come against you. That's his purpose, to destroy your life. What did the Bible say? That... uh, he came to seek and uh, kill and destroy. That's what, that's what he came for, to steal, kill, and destroy. And, uh, and we need protection from that. And that's what we lose that protection when we're lost. He also loses our potential. That's what the lost story of the lost coin is all about. It doesn't matter how much... Of a coin is worth if you can't find it. Amen? You can have a coin that's worth uh, $10,000. But if you can't find it, it doesn't do you any good at all. You lose your potential. You lose that opportunity to use it for something that would better yourself or your family and that kind of thing. And we as believers, we as, Christ, we as people, if we don't have Jesus when we're lost, we lose that uh, ability to provide. We lose our potential. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. God has some tremendous things in store for you, especially you young people. I want you to understand me. I want you to listen to this. God has some phenomenal things that He has prepared just for you. He, has, he, he wants to give them to you. 
When you're outside of Christ, you lose all of that potential. In the book of Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, God wants to give you that power to become everything that he wants you to be. We lose that potential. If you're not connected to him, if you're not plugged in, if you're lost, then all that potential is wasted. Also, you lose your happiness. I'm asking, I'm answering the question, what do I lose if I'm lost? You lose happiness. The story of the prodigal son, that's what it's all about. After he uh, wasted all of his inheritance, all of his uh, wealth that his daddy had given him, famine came and he began to be in want. And uh, he lost everything that he had. Our wondering nature separates us from God. Our circumstances can separate us from God. Our choices can separate us from God. And that's what being lost means. But let me tell you something what it doesn't mean. What you don't lose if you are lost. You don't lose your value. That sheep that was lost was just as valuable being lost as he was in the fold. He still would have brought the same amount of uh, money or whatever, same amount of wool. He was just as valuable. He just had to be found. That coin that was lost was just as valuable as the nine that she had. But it was just, she, she, she didn't have it. It was doing her no good. It was being wasted until it was found. That prodigal son, he was just as valuable to his father. Man, when his father found out that he was coming home, he was way out looking for him. Looking, he saw him from afar off. It doesn't take away from the value. It just takes away from the potential. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And, uh, and when we're found, when we're found, boy, all of that stuff comes back when we're saved. Those are the things. Can I say this? I know for most of you, but I don't know for everybody. But you're valuable to God. Do you know that? That God thought you were so valuable that he allowed his son to come and die on Calvary's cross to pay the penalty of your sin. That's how much value God places on you. You see, so many times people think that value comes... Your, your worth comes from uh, what you've accomplished or how good-looking you are or how much money you have in the bank or what kind of profession that you uh, have. They think that's where your worth or your value comes from. That's not where worth or value comes from. Value comes from the only one that can place value on a life because, you see, commodities go up and down. You might have some great stock and think that you're very wealthy and you hit a downturn and that stock falls and you find out you've lost everything. You see, value 
can only be placed, worth can only be placed by someone who can stand the test of time. You see, if you might think you have value because you're pretty, and when you age a few years, some of that beauty is gone. I've seen some pictures. Woo! Of people that were once really good-looking people. you got to stand the test of time. And the only one that's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow is God. And God places value. God places worth in your life so much that he let his son come and die for you. That's where we get our value. So what do we gain? What does it mean to be saved? It means that Jesus came to rescue me. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter or the 50th Psalm, verse 15, Call upon me in your day of trouble, and I will deliver you. The Bible says that God, that Jesus is our rescuer. And the reason that we have Christmas is that we celebrate the fact that God loved us so much that He sent His Son to rescue us from the penalty of sin. What does it mean to be saved? That God came to rescue us? That Jesus came to recover us? That's what the woman with the lost coin. She was recovered. She was recovered. And boy, I tell you what. Recovery means different things to different people. But you talk to somebody that's been hooked on drugs or was an alcoholic or something, and you ask them what recovery means, and it means a totally different, it means a totally different thing, and they're so grateful for it. Listen, there was a time in my life when I was was never an alcoholic. I was on my way to becoming one. I was never a drug addict. I was on my way to becoming one. And those things almost destroyed my life. But a young man came and he told me about Jesus. And he told me how Jesus came to recover, to restore, and to make me whole Again, there's some of you, I see some people out here that can testify to that very thing. Say amen. There are some people here that can testify to that very thing. And it means something when we talk about recovery. When He came not only to rescue, but He came to recover. And then the last thing, and I'll be finished, He came to reconnect with us. God wants to reconnect with you. You see, sin separates us. Sin separates us from God. And God's desire more than anything else is to reconnect with you. He loves you that much. He wants to reconnect with you. He wants you to know how much He cares about you and how much He... uh, wants to restore and recover and uh, reconnect with you. That's what. What is the purpose? What's God's purpose 
for Christmas? He came to seek and to save that which is lost. Listen, somebody, you know, a lot of people, I guess I've even said it myself sometimes. Oh, I came to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I found Jesus. Oh, I've been searching all my life. Listen, 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 listen. You don't find Jesus. Do you hear me? You don't find Jesus. He finds you. He finds you. He, uh, he, uh, he's seeking. He's looking. The Bible says that he travels. That he goes all over the world seeking those who are lost. To seek and to save. More than anything else in this world for Christmas, God wants you to be saved. Many of you already are. But if there's any here today that's not, if there's any here today that may be struggling, if there are any people here today that do feel like they've kind of lost their direction or lost their opportunities maybe you think well it's too late for me it's not it's not God's as a matter of fact the Bible teaches that he's standing at the door knocking isn't that what it says in the book of Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 hold I stand at the door and knock and if any were to open that door, I would come into them and have fellowship with them and them with me. Jesus is standing there knocking on that door. Have you seen the picture of that? If you look at it real close, you see there's no door handle on the door. There's no door handle on the door. You know why? Because it has to be open from the inside. Jesus is a perfect gentleman. He'll seek and he'll knock and he'll keep coming back and he'll keep coming back, but he won't ever knock down that door. He wants you to choose and open the door and ask him to come in. Welcome him into your life. And that's the purpose of God. That's the reason for Christmas. To seek and to save that which is lost. Amen? Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for today. I thank you for the blessings that you give us. I thank you for Jesus. I ask you, Lord, to be with us this morning during this time of invitation. God, I'm praying. I don't know. But I'm praying, God, that if there's anyone here that doesn't know for certain that they would give their lives to Jesus today, that they would open the door and ask you to come in. God, I pray that you speak to people this morning in uh, words too tender for us to hear, but for them to know 
that you're calling them today. Lord God, speak to hearts this morning. Seek and save those that are lost. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.